guys, I'm Rick. And I'm Dean, and we're back. Yeah, it's been a while, guys, but uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, we know it's been, I think, probably, I'm just taking a shot in the dark here, I think two months, right, Dean? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I double as the editor, so I could actually take a look at that as well. Um, yeah, it's been about almost two months. Uh, I yeah. believe April 4th was our last, and of course, we were releasing a flurry of episodes. Oh, I can't talk. It's been a while. But um, yeah, we were releasing a, a couple episodes into some kind of a fun tournament kind of thing. And of course, um, you know, Rick and I want to definitely address some of the laps in time. I know that we started out very gung ho, you know, trying to crank out two shows per week for you guys. And we were for a while. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. with with the state of the world going on and also, Rick, um, because of the state of the world, with you know the virus and pandemic that's happening is that not a lot of um filming going on right now so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the fall as far as movies and shows go um mainly because of social distancing uh you know actors can't really get close to each other so um yeah it just like that rick and i couldn't get close to each other um although we are recording via zoom because we live in different states but yeah it's been a it's been a fun time to just kind of reconnect with um anyone you live with really and uh, watch some shows and movies. So today we're going to go through um, some things that we press play on during this uh, quarantine. Yeah. So I think the the big one that happened just recently that I want to talk about and Dean, I don't know if you've seen it, but I know it broke records for ESPN was the Michael Jordan documentary, the last dance. Did you get a chance to see any of it? So um, no, And, you know, I I am a basketball fan. Uh, I think that we've well documented that. I believe in a couple episodes on here, we had um, talked about ESPN Plus and Action Network and things like that. So um, for anyone that follows me personally very closely, you know that I also double, um, I moonlight as also a a semi-professional gambler. So I am very much into basketball. It's a sport that that I like. But um, Rick, as a child of the 90s, I was anti-Bulls. I actually did not like Michael Jordan at all ever in my life. Uh, this is a strict Patrick Ewing household. Um, I will watch something about the 94 Knicks, but I don't care about the Bulls. So I was not watching The Last Dance. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is a Knicks household as well. <laughs> um, we we love uh, Patrick Ewing. We love the Knicks uh, of the 90s, especially those 94 Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I love basketball. So I did watch the whole thing. I loved it. Uh, side note, I am Team LeBron. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan is a bad guy. I'm glad that this next generation is is seeing that. Uh, I, now, Rick, yeah. of course, I didn't watch it. Did they go into any of the? Because I know there's a ton of conspiracies when it comes to even this team. They were so polarizing. Um, a lot of people were saying that you know Jordan left the NBA because he had gambling debts and things like that. And I believe there was also a story where Charles Barkley threw him out of a window in Las Vegas <laughs> or something like that. But this is all hearsay, of course. I'm sure the Last Dance went into that, unless they're complete lies. Uh, I will say um, Michael Jordan had a, a executive power over what was and wasn't like shown in the documentary. Mm. And uh, a lot of times, you know, when documentaries, you know, go like that, uh, they're kind of like an infomercial for just talking about how great you are. Yeah. Um, but I, I, while I, while I am team LeBron, I'm not a Michael Jordan hater. He, he is amazing. So uh, I mean, I, I'm not, not, not a fan because Nick's household here as well, Yeah. but I do think it was, um, pretty fair and honest about uh his him being a bad guy like they, they do talk about it. like he's kind of a <laughs> shitty dude yeah and um they do delve into that they delve into like the gambling um 
-hmm. you know there Mm -hmm. is also like a part where uh his like i don't want to call it a gambling addiction but like i guess Mm -hmm. where his gambling came into the spotlight it was also around the same time his father died so people Mm -hmm. were i guess just for headlines alluding that his uh his father's death had tied into his gambling debts wow so um you know they did get into like some darker things like that um it, I guess aside from like the gambling, it wasn't really all that negative about him. Mm. Um, I, at the same time, he didn't like, you know, he didn't kill anyone. He wasn't like a criminal. He was just yeah, like, yeah. he was yeah. just like kind of an asshole. But mm. um, it's, it's super uh, interesting. It's fun. You know, the, the 90s Bulls might be the most popular American sports team ever. Oh, so yeah. um, it was, it was really cool to see. Uh, there wasn't really much, I'm a huge basketball fan. So there wasn't really much uh, that, I didn't know already, Mm. Um, but I think it was extremely informational for someone who's just like a casual fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, I think for episodes one through 10, all just like really great, really fun to watch. Um, I wish they kind of delved more into what happened after that last season and just talked about like the collapse of the Bulls after the team broke up. Mm. Um, But that's just getting nitpicky. I actually thought it was so fun. Yeah, you actually um, hit on something that was really interesting is that um, sometimes with these documentaries, you could we're, we're getting old enough that now we can look back and go, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened in real life. And you could almost take um, because of that, you could take some kind of a an angle of like, oh, no, I already know it all. And then um, you could see the way that the documentary producers kind of prepare the information for you. I think I had one like that where it was on um, the documentary about Firefest. Um, I believe it was just called Fire or it might have been called the, the actual documentary. I mean. Um, it might have been called something else, but it was about the fire festival. And I do remember yeah. um, driving to work in the mornings. I would remember hearing about it on the radio because, you know, Ja Rule was a rapper. There's a, a rap station in New York City. So, like, I, you know, I was listening to that. And it was just like, oh, yeah, Ja Rule's a fool. He's, like, getting swindled for money and all this. So I remember as that news was breaking and actually um, – this was right before the start of the pandemic. Uh, my girlfriend and I were in Miami and um, we had a smart TV and we had nothing to really do. And um, we threw on the fire, you know, documentary and it was very, very cool. But that was one that I went into. I was originally skipping it because I thought I knew everything about it. And of course, uh, I was no expert. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that one. But uh, Dean, Ja Rule, is he the rapper who got married to another man in prison? Allegedly. Uh, yeah. So as, as a well-documented Ja Rule fan, um, a lot of people send me that link a, a lot. They, they will mention stuff like that. And honestly, my fandom just all stems from a tweet where I just said, you know, someone called Ja Rule and Ashanti to make the summer bop of the year. Honestly, like I, I, I love America. I just want to want to go ahead and say that. But if we did have a dictator and if I was that dictator, I would force Ja Rule and Ashanti to make a summer hit every summer. So, wow. Well, you, you, and there aren't, there aren't any voting in dictatorships, but no, if no. there were, you would get my vote or, or I, I would at least uh, push your dictator propaganda to my friends and family so that they would also be uh, brainwashed into thinking <laughs> that that was a fantastic idea because I think it is. Absolutely. Um, uh, but uh, Dean, we touched on your, uh, your side career as a semi-professional gambler. Mm-hmm. Um and there was recently a golf match that you, I think, placed a couple bets on, mm-hmm. um, and that was the match. I know there was a subtitle of this, I believe, but it was a golf match uh, between the pairings of Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus mm-hmm. 
Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Uh, 18 holes of golf uh, televised on, I believe, TNT for charity. I think it was $20 million. Yep. Me if I'm wrong. Um, but, Dean, I know you placed some bets. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I'll get to that in a minute. What did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, it was interesting because uh, that actual course was Tiger Woods' home course. Um, so the tips, um, commonly referred to as the um, – that's what people call it. Uh, that's the deepest tee box that you could tee off from. So for example, the pros tee off from the tips. Um, usually that adds yardage to the, to the holes. And um, at that course, they call them the, the, the tiger tee box. So that's just how much of a home court advantage Tiger Woods had. Uh, Peyton Manning also, he golfed in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am back in January. And um, he actually beat his pro. He was the amateur, of course. He beat his pro, which I believe was Luke Donald, by four strokes. So I went into that match um, all over Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning, which obviously they ended up winning. Um, I did say, though, that they would end up, um, you know, the, the, the conspiracy guy in me is thinking that they are going to make sure that it goes all 18 holes. Of course, there was a chance in the format that, that they could have ended early. And um, a couple of my bets um, were contingent on them completing the entire match, all 18 holes. I just figured for charity, uh, you know, there would be some – you know, missed putts by Tiger or Peyton just to kind of keep Brady and Phil in. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. It was, uh, it's a very interesting thing that's happening around this um, pandemic and we say quarantine and things like that. Of course, not like we're all in hazmat suits or anything, but yeah, we do have stay at home orders. Um, I know that my state, New Jersey is a lot different than Rick, your state in Georgia. I believe um, a lot more things are open by you than they are by us so um you know we just recently started at, at the time of recording we just recently um started having more things open up like golf courses now you could go out as a foursome uh you could have meetings of um 10 plus which has been a nice change but yeah it's just nice with it without a lot going on um having things like the match um the nfl draft ufc 249 things like that um it's been really polarizing like people that probably would miss these sports because oh, no, I only like baseball or I only like basketball. Now, like, um, you know, I have my parents watching UFC. I have, you know, my dad flipping on the match. Like, it, it, it was very cool in that sense. And, of course, it was for a really good cause. Um, I believe they donated a ton of money. And, Rick, I don't know if you saw each player had their own golf cart, and they were so cool. And I think that it was like, you know, they, got, they all got auctioned off for like $5 million. Yeah, yeah, I did see the, the golf carts were awesome. Um, I'm just going to say – this is the most fun I've ever had watching golf. Um, it was so cool. I guess maybe because of the lack of sports otherwise going on, uh, I enjoyed it more. I don't particularly like watching golf, um, mm. but this I was just all in. I was captivated by it. Uh, I'm a huge Peyton Manning fan. Uh, I love Tiger as well. Um, so I was rooting hard for that pairing. I am also a well-documented Tom Brady hater. I am president of the fan club. Screw that man. Um, he tried to sell people on water that can cure concussions. Damn mm -hmm. you to hell. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, but in terms of like the production of it and um, hearing these guys mic'd up and there's the cameras in the golf carts as well. So mm -hmm. we're, we're up close and personal listening to four of, and more specifically like three of, cause I don't, Phil's not on the same level as these guys, but mm. four of the greatest athletes of our time. And um, it was just so cool. I mean, these guys are pretty funny. If you don't really know much about these guys, like personally, like they're especially Peyton, that guy's hilarious. Mm -hmm. But um, 
you know, the camera setups, uh, the style of play I thought was really cool too. Um, if you're passionate about golf, um, the best part of the, the whole thing might have been Phil Mickelson coaching Tom Brady before each of his shots. Like, if you're really looking yeah. like, passionate about the game and looking how to play, I mean, you're getting like a, a almost like a private lesson from Phil Mickelson. That, that's exactly what that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is the fact that they were all mic'd up. It was very very cool to hear um, Phil Mickelson explain like a lot of things. Like I believe on one, he was reading the green and he was like, if you look at the way that the grass is growing, like it'll break about six inches here and stuff. And it actually did. It reminded me that, you know, Phil would probably be considered one of the greats of all time if he wasn't, um, you know, playing the same time that Tiger was really coming up. I mean, Tiger made his debut in one, I believe in 1998. Phil, I think started around like 1994 ish. Um, and he was a young guy. Now he's still relatively young, despite golfing for 26 plus years on the PGA Tour. Um, there's actually really cool videos too, uh, Rick. I know that you're not a big golf fan, but um, there's some really cool old Phil videos. I don't know if you've ever seen where he's in the bunker facing the wrong way, and he talks about how if he swings all the way through, it'll go up and over his shoulder. They're really cool, where he he actually flops the wrong way and it goes in. Wow. No, I have not seen it, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> I'll definitely send it to you after this. And of course, um, you know, sports, be any type of sporting thing, that will always appeal to um, people like us. You know, we are the red-blooded American males. But Rick, I'm actually going to bring it to something that was um, a little ladylike, and it was actually very enjoyable. And that would be the Netflix original reality show called Love is Blind. I watched it with my girlfriend. And um, we got really invested into the characters of it. Um, it was a very interesting concept. It was everyone, the, there are two sets of people, the guys and the girls, and they go into these pods where you, they can't see the other person. All they have to go on is their voice. And, um, you know, the guys and girls, they talk to each other, um, they quip back and forth, and then you could choose to go on more dates. Um, with the end game being that you will get proposed before ever seeing each other, or not get proposed. I, can't talk you get engaged before ever seeing each other and then from there they Uh, live into they live in their own apartment complex with all the other show contestants and then they eventually go on bachelor bachelorette parties and then um they go to the altar which i thought was very interesting because you know of course i won't i won't have any spoilers but um the show was kind of positioned more so that if you made it through the experiment you had to go to the altar and then you basically just say yes or no which was um, very interesting because on that episode specifically, uh, I know that my girlfriend and I were very shocked by some of the no's and we were actually shocked by one of the yeses. So um, pretty good show, Rick. Uh, if you've never seen it, I would probably recommend it. I'm going to give it a seven, seven and a half, maybe um, mainly because, you know, it is a reality show and I think we well documented it. We were arguing with Zach for about two hours of show audio about reality shows is that, you know, I'm not really too huge into them, but I thought this one was actually well done because it was very different and each episode was kind of its own thing. Like one through three was in the pods, you know, three through six were like outside into the real world. And then like the rest were like wedding stuff. So interesting watch. I, uh, I did watch it. I think I watched it probably right when it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm with you. I actually thought it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, the thing is, my watching experience uh, was probably a little different than yours. I might have talked to you about this. I, uh-huh. I'm sure. I know I've talked to you about this for other shows before. 
So I, I got to come up with a name for this. We, both of us do. We've got to come up with a name for this style of watching where uh, it's kind of like speed watching, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, um, like, here, here's an example, just so everyone can really at home can understand. Um, we've talked about, I like America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. right? So a, a full episode of America's Got Talent is two hours, okay? So I'll have it on the DVR. Uh, take out the commercials, it's probably like an hour and a half, right? Um, but if you, what I do, at least when I watch, I don't really care much about like the backstory. I don't, I'm not concerned with their hometown, um, their relationship with their father or, you know, how, how long they've been singing in Nashville dive bars before they got to the America's Got Talent stage. I'm also not really too concerned about what Harry Mendel thinks of their performance. I basically just watch the performance. I judge for myself and then I see if it comes down to it at the end of the episode are they moving on so a two hour two hour episode for me is maybe like an hour 45 minutes mm-hmm. and i like that so what i did for love is blind is i watched the entirety of the first three episodes uh i established um the storylines the, the people involved you know who's involved uh with each other and whatnot mm-hmm. um and then after that i kind of just skimmed through the relationships I didn't care too much about and just watched the relationships that I found important. Um, and to me, there was really only like two that kind of yeah. had me hooked. Um, I'm not going to like give away like, uh, what happens. Basically there's, there's two main couples. Um, and there's kind of like a, like a love triangle between, uh, one woman and two guys. And I just watched, for the most part, those two and would play bits and pieces of the other ones just to kind of keep myself filled in. Mm-hmm. And watching it that way, I, I really liked it. I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much if I watched all, I think it's like 10 hours. Mm-hmm. But I probably shaved off maybe like two hours of it. I'm, I'm just a guesstimate. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's really smart. that was good for me. Yeah, that's a really smart way to get get to it. I, I know that a lot of times I leave mine as well documented on the show. I leave some shows on as background noise. Um, I think that maybe if I was a little bit more attentive, um, it would probably be easier if I just kind of cut out some of the fi- uh, filler mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just kind of turning my attention away. But Rick, I'll, I'll tell you something that really captured my attention during this quarantine. And that, of course, was the long awaited finale to Clone Wars. Um, of course, we have talked about this till we're blue in the face. Um, I, we have a whole episode about Star Wars. Um, you can go back, I believe it's episode five or so. Um, we also discussed Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars, in our cartoon region of our March Madness bracket as well. Um, it was one that got you know, voted out much to my dismay. But um, I thought that the final season was, it was a little, I, I, I will complain really quick. I'll get the bad out of the way. It, it started out extremely slow. And the one thing that I really didn't appreciate that Disney Plus did was they released one episode per week. So for example, me tuning in on a random day to watch, you know, the 45 minute or maybe not even sometimes uh, the 37 minute episode of Ahsoka and these two random side characters that don't matter at all, like get into all kinds of trouble on like a random planet. Like to me, that was totally not worth waiting a week. So what I did was I actually kind of stopped watching consistently and waited until they got to the final four episodes, which Rick, honestly, we say a lot that a couple Game of Thrones episodes are better than most movies. I think the final four episodes of Clone Wars were better than any Star Wars movie I've ever seen. 
It was um, wow. so it was so cool. It was um, it was Order sixty six going on, but like it wasn't about the main characters. Like um, Ahsoka and Anakin saw each other for the last time, pretty much, but like they didn't know it was going to be the last time. Um, it the one thing I thought that it did pretty successful was it didn't give away any scenes that are in Revenge of the Sith because that's you know the mm-hmm. timeline that it was on. It was what was Ahsoka doing while that was happening, and it was very interesting. Um, you know, a lot of great characters in there. And of course, you know, um, I, I wish we had our, our animation buff on right now for this one, but the final scene, yeah. uh, it honestly brought a tear to my eye. It was so such a beautiful ending scene and, um, you know, very poignant and, and everything. It was a fantastic, you know, animation style. Of course, I'm not going to give away what, what happened in the final scene, but it was, uh, it was the perfect mm-hmm. ending. And I think that because of that, I think higher of the Clone Wars, uh, I, if that's mm-hmm. even possible. But as far as the overall season goes, because the first eight episodes were so slow, I'd probably give it like a, like a six and a half, seven. But the final four episodes were uh, buckle up. You're going to want to binge all that in a row. Wow. Oh, well, you're not a guy who's easily moved to tears. So yeah, uh, that's right. I, 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 guys, uh, if whether you're a Clone Wars fan or not, I might have to just watch those final four episodes. To, Absolutely. To, to, check, to check it out. Now, Dean, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you watched this. Maybe we, we touched on this in a private conversation. Um, one of the big movies that Netflix has released recently um, was one starring uh, Chris Hemsworth, and it is Extraction. Did you see this? Yes, I did, actually. I watched it with uh, my girlfriend and her father. Nice. Okay. I also watched it. I watched it with my brother. Um, I don't know. Now, we have our, our animation mm-hmm. friend is more plugged into Hollywood. And we're he's, we're going to get more into our, our mystery friend later on in the show. Yes. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm curious as to whether or not this was a movie that um, was always meant for Netflix or possibly was meant for theaters. But because of the pandemic, maybe Netflix bought it and now they're releasing it there. I don't know. I, I, if I had to guess, it was mm-hmm. probably always a Netflix film. Um, yeah. But uh, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Like I mean, it was it wasn't something that um, if I had gone out to movie theater and seen it, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. Like in the comfort of my own home, with my own like snacks and drinks and whatnot, and sitting on my couch. But it, like it was fun. It was exciting. Um, I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Um, the characters I think outside of uh, Chris Hemsworth aren't really all that great there's a there's a there's a hopper sighting yes, <laughs> you yes. know like midway through the film or whatever which is kind of cool um but uh i i know there is uh already a contract signed i think to have a sequel or a prequel depending on how they want to go with it mm-hmm. um but uh dean what are your thoughts on this one i thought this was pretty fun yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a very interesting uh, movie. I must say, though, that in the beginning, I wasn't maybe undivided attention. Um, the movie, I felt, kind of started a little bit slow um, mm-hmm. up until the, the kid got kidnapped. Um, so I didn't really quite understand what the relationship was to that long-haired guy that was fighting uh, Chris Hemsworth for a lot of the movie. And then I, okay. uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I, yeah, yeah, I was kind of confused. I'm sure that was a more pivotal character than I, than I realized. 
um, exactly what was happening with that. So um, yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. Like, like you said, I think you, you kind of nailed it. The side characters, um, you know, I was kind of thinking like, was I supposed to care about this? Um, kind of mm-hmm. the same thing with, uh, I don't know his real name, but of course it, it's um, the guy who plays Hopper in uh, Stranger Things um, as being like the random friend. I felt like that character itself, there wasn't really a ton of um, leading up to like what he is, maybe some kind of, if he would have alluded to him beforehand, like if they were like, hey, we're going to Bangladesh where so-and-so lives or where our former partner lives, like whatever that relationship is, if they would have just like foreshadowed it, maybe that would have felt a little bit better because you could have been like, oh, well, that's this guy. To me, it just kind of felt like it's just a random guy that was in it. And um, yeah, I thought the ending was really cool. And of course, um, you know, Rick, you had mentioned about the um, the contract being signed for a sequel or a prequel. I guess that really depends on um, whether what side of the fence you fall on is, uh, of course, the movie ends with a final scene that's a little bit up in the air. Um, of course, we're not going to give that away, but it's um, open to interpretation what happens to the main character. Yeah. So um, going to be really interesting to see. I've actually watched a lot of, um, you know, videos about like what people think about the end of it. So um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll kind of revisit this one and kind of discuss it when we hear more news about what's going on, whether it's a sequel or a prequel. Yeah, this one, this one's definitely worth a watch. So if you guys are just at home, like looking for a movie that is not going to mm-hmm. cost you any extra dollars on demand. Um, this one's worth a watch. I actually thought it was really fun. So Dean, uh, being that we both saw this man what are you gonna rate it i would give it i would give it a seven and a half mainly because a lot of, i feel like a, i just couldn't really buy into the entire movie as a whole because i didn't really know um a lot of the side characters i think you kind of nailed it the way to get me to like an eight or a nine is to have uh different layers of people that i'm kind of interested in and um you know i did really like you know as the movie unraveled the relationship between uh, the main character, I believe his name was Tyler, and um, the main Indian kid, um, I actually don't know his name. So, neither do um, I. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, it might have been like Avi or something or Ovi. But uh, yeah, um, I think it was Ovi. I think yeah. it was. You know, I, honestly, I think even if you just called him Indian kid, I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, or maybe even Bangladeshi kid. I, I'm actually not too sure. Yeah, because I feel like they moved. Bangladeshi kid. I yeah, like they that. moved between different countries and stuff. But yeah, it was. It was. Um, I feel like it was an interesting movie. It was a good action movie, and of course, action movies are usually not um, very deep. They're usually very surface level. So yeah, good yeah. action, good suspense. Um, well done, I think. Uh, you know, good filming, good directing, all all that jazz. Yeah, so um, another uh, Netflix offering that I recently watched, and I think it's become super popular. Uh, probably was released uh, maybe two weeks ago, give or take about that, maybe three weeks ago, is Outer Banks. Um, mm. That's a show I watched. It was, I believe, number one on Netflix top ten at one point. Um, without like giving too much away, it's trying to describe it it's kind of like a mixture of like goonies and national treasure um you know that's about as close as i can get it's basically like a bunch of teenagers who are like living in the outer banks um and they're like hunt for gold and coupled with a a murder mystery Hmm. um it's 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 actually it was better than i thought it would be i was kind of hesitant to watch it at first because like I looked, I think at like Rotten Tomatoes reviews, and they were like kind of down on it. I don't know. I think 
I could be wrong. Maybe if you, I don't know if you want to check this out. I think they were like in the sixties. Okay. And that like, that really like, you know, put a damper on my interest in watching it. And I just didn't have anything to watch at the time. I don't know. Remember what I had watched previously, but that was done with. Mm. So I was like, ah, let me just throw on Outer Banks. And, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's like I said, it's, it's fun. The, one of the things that kind of like bothered me a little bit though, is the anger management issues that a lot of the characters seem to have, you know, <laughs> like you, uh, most of the cast, if you look at them the wrong way, they're ready to give you a right hook. But, uh, yeah, other, other than that, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was fun. I'm like, I'm excited for the, um, the second season. I think they ended the seat, the first season, uh, pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the, the the villains or the bad guys are still like kind of on the loose too, which is uh, cool, which is pretty fun. But um, Outer Banks, uh, I think that's the show right now. I'll give it like um, seven point two five right now. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. You know, it's it's um, it's I think like the seven the seven range is like it's solid. It's good. Like you're not yeah. Gonna, hate it but you're not gonna like go around bragging about it to your friends and i think that's kind of like the sweet spot of uh where that lands right now and you know i think if you get anywhere in the sevens you're you're doing a good job yeah yeah that's exactly it you're not mad that you watched it but you're also not um rushing to the tv set to watch the next episodes (laughs) you know and um me hearing that uh you know i may not rush to put it onto the top of my list but you know what i have been watching recently um rick i've actually been kind of thrust back into the realms kind of uh, fantasy type TV shows. Of course, it's been well documented that, that I really enjoy the show Vikings. And yes. um, they, what they do now is they do uh, 20 episode seasons, but they split them in half. So the first half of season six uh, just got added to Hulu. I watched all of them. Um, actually very cool stuff. Um, of course, you know, the latter part of the show is about the sons of, um, Ragnar and um, it's actually pretty cool because it's a well-documented real life like folklore kind of thing so some of these characters have been brought to life so yeah very interesting uh, new new um, factions being introduced into the fold um, different storylines I feel like each character has developed a good amount which mm-hmm. has been um, you know very very surprising because not a lot of shows really do that and so Vikings the the next season and just a show as a whole I'm a huge fan of I would say that if you ever want to start them uh they are on hulu it's an excellent show probably i'll give a full rating once the this season wraps mm-hmm. up because i think that there was um actually a very kind of similar to extraction there's a very disputed ending to the the mid-season finale of you know is he is some so-and-so dead are they alive was that a vision what's going on here so um that's going to be interesting to see how they kind of play that one out yeah, uh, speaking of, of factions, uh, I noticed that there is WWE superstar Edge who is on the show. Uh, I've been watching a little bit of uh, Vikings myself because that is going to be on the drama region of our March Madness uh, bracket for best show of the decade. Mm-hmm. Yes, we realize we are very far <laughs> behind on that. But, you know, the world's kind of coming to an end, and we're going to come up with as many excuses as we can to justify our delay. Absolutely. (laughs) And Rick, really quick, if I could get a word in, too, is, um, you know, you guys have to realize we have 16 shows on each side of the bracket, 
and yeah. we cranked out the ones that we knew a lot about. Like, for example, animation. It didn't take me and Rick to crash and watch, you know, a ton of episodes of something. But in order to have a good enough basis, because, of course, we care about you, listener. We don't want to, uh, yeah. you know, jip you and go, oh, Modern Family. I don't know. I can't vote for it because I didn't watch it. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, exactly. yeah we have been crashing. I actually watched um, the entirety of season one of Fargo because that's on the list. And um, that was actually fantastic. It was like a movie. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, but like like you were just saying though, we don't want to um, we don't want to like lie to people or like pretend we know what we're talking about. So you know, there's six seasons of Vikings at like a, twenty episodes a season, an hour a pop an episode. So like it's, mm-hmm. it's a hefty investment, so that we're we're giving a a proper opinion rather than just saying, oh, you know what, uh, this show uh, kind of sucks. You know, what? Oh. <laughs> just like voting it off. But yeah. really, we've only seen maybe an episode. You know. Right, right. But um, but Dean, you, you mentioned uh, well before we you mentioned Fargo. I want to get yes. into Fargo because I I've said before that I'm a huge fan uh, mm-hmm. of Fargo. But um, before we move on to that one, um, because we were just talking about Vikings, mm-hmm. I believe in maybe our first or second episode ever, you mentioned that you have seen The Last Kingdom. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I have. Can you talk a little bit about The Last Kingdom? Because I know that is pretty similar to Vikings, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And a lot of people who watch one watch the other. Um, could you kind of briefly compare and contrast the two so I have a better idea of mm-hmm. what makes uh, each one a little different? Absolutely. So um, there are actually some characters that intersect. Um, for example, I, I don't know how much about history our audience really knows about, but, you know, there were real life people uh, named, you know, King Alfred, it, it, for example, like, um, you know, he was uh, a huge integral part of, you know, having English, the language that we're speaking right now, stay around, um, you know, using that vernacular. He was a king that was like really into that kind of thing. Of course, neither show goes into that. <laughs> That's just, you know, my own personal knowledge base of it but anyway it's it's set around the same time so i could definitely see that natural comparison um rick i don't know how much you know about old english but a lot of the names are very difficult um and i'm not just talking game of thrones difficult because those are fictional and and george rr R. martin deliberately designed them to sound a little bit different um you know on purpose because he made them up um old english there were common names that were so similar like um you know, Alfred is actually a, um, oh, what's it called? It's, it's um, a combined word, pretty much. Like, that was a common name back then. But, like, okay. there, the reason why, I, and of course, I'm not trying to make this a, you know, a English language history lesson. But basically, the, the problem why I don't like The Last Kingdom at all is because they went too historically accurate, and it is impossible to follow. There are, like, four people named, like, Ethel Fred. There's an Alfred. There's a... Ethel Worth, like the names are ridiculous. I literally have no idea who's who. Like there was a time where I was, and this wasn't one where I was like, oh, I just wasn't attentive, so I wasn't watching. It was like, I don't know, this one guy that I think they switched actors to, and they're like, oh yeah, this is like Unferth. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, who is that guy? <clears throat> so I actually hated The Last Kingdom. I, I stopped watching it. I okay. know that they may have came out with their season, their series finale, correct? Because I saw that they I just think they just came season. out with a season four or something. They, yes. New episodes were just released. I don't know if that's their final season or not, but right. uh, I think season season four, I think that sounds about right, was just released. Right. 
So yeah, honestly, my to shorten it up a little bit um, without stepping over myself anymore. Um, I didn't like it because the ca- I couldn't buy into the characters. It was just too hard to keep track of people. And I don't say that lightly because I've watched all of Game of Thrones. I've watched all of you know um, Vikings. I, I do love like stuff like this. And you know, I from from as you could tell, I am very interested in like the history of like language itself. So I've listened to um, a great podcast about. The history of the English language, um, which is literally just the history of, of English, if anyone is interested in stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I just could not buy into The Last Kingdom. Um, Rick, I know that we did a segment a long time ago called, um, you know, Liftoff, and that show did not have Liftoff. I actually think I watched yeah. two seasons and I stopped, which is very rare for me. I usually just see it out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember you, I, I do recall you saying that uh, the names were like, kind of crazy and it, it rather than having a lift off a crash and burn mm-hmm. so guys vikings great last kingdom not great not but, at all. so transitioning from a show that is not so good in last kingdom to a show that is very good and we were just talking about it, and we're going to circle back to it now is fargo dean you just watched season one um this is a show that i've mentioned a couple times on the podcast both for you personally and for the listeners to, mm-hmm. to check out it is a show on, I think, FXX, which I think m- m- might very well have the best show lineup of any channel on television. And yeah. it's, it's just not talked about enough, um, I guess, because it's maybe, I don't want to say an obscure channel, but it's not like your CBS, ABC, things right. like that, and it's not HBO. It's not even like, regular FX. Yeah. No, you're right. And it is just jam-packed with awesome TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to focus on uh, Fargo right now I just finished season three okay um, which was very good uh, it was not as good as the first two seasons but I still enjoyed it um, but we're gonna focus on season one because that's what you saw Dean so what are your yeah. thoughts so I yeah I watched all of season one I thought that the story was absolutely captivating um, it it was well acted um, there were a lot of uh, different like guest spots that came up that I was like, Oh wow. They got like a significant actor for this. Like um, for example, Billy Bob Thornton is in it. Um, You know, later in the, in the season, um, Colin Hanks is in it. Um, Mm -hmm. Bob Odenkirk, um, better known as Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad is um, the police chief. It was a very well done show. It was um, very suspenseful. I, I believe um, it, this was based on a movie, correct? Um, Didn't they make a movie of it? And I know that it was inspired by true events as well um yeah yes and no it's um the the story for season one of fargo and the story for the movie are completely different stories okay um but it's it's based on the same uh setting and style Mm -hmm. and tone and things like that um so it it, that's it's it's modeled after it the story is the same also see this this fooled you and it and it fooled me for a while it is not based on true events. They just say that. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yeah. It's not actually. It's and it, I I saw that the first couple episodes, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe this thing freaking happened. Like, yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> it's actually not. They, so for those of you who haven't seen Fargo before, every episode, guys, they say like this is based on true events. Um, everything in this, you know, everything that we like say happened. Um, 
The only thing that has been changed is the names of the survivors to protect their identities and something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 just not true. Um, <laughs> so if you Google it, it's pretty funny. But I think saying that adds to the um, mm-hmm. the fun, although because like unless like if you don't look it up, you're like you're, you're sitting there thinking like, oh my god, this is yeah. this is amazing. And you you know what it is too is a credit to the show is that it wasn't that outlandish to be like, oh no, that couldn't have happened. Like it was yes. pretty much like there was a confluence of events. Um, there was a crime committed, and there was a very t- determined. A police officer that actually went and saw it out to justice and i thought that was um yeah it was believable so i, I guess that's a notch in the yeah. belt yeah yeah it was awesome and it's like you were saying too though like it's they get a-list actors for this too like it's it's huge names like billy bob thornton is awesome in mm-hmm. this show yeah um i don't remember the guy's name i think it's martin freeman but i could be wrong it's the guy who plays uh bilbo baggins in the hobbit um, he's the, he's the main character. Um, and he's, he's so good in it too. Um, but the, the story is awesome. It's, uh, it's like a, a, a I want to say a dark dramedy, if that I think would, would yeah. probably be it. Um, it, it has some humor. It's, it's fun. It's like a mystery kind of too drama and it's, it's all around just awesome. Dean, I'm just going to go out and give this thing a nine. I thought it was so good. I would love to hear what you thought about it uh, in terms of its rating. I know you really enjoyed it, but so, season one, at least for uh, Fargo, is nine for Moa. Yeah, I would actually maybe even go like uh, a step further. I, um, you know, now that it's not inspired on true events, I thought that um, maybe the ending to the season was a little bit uh, non anticlimactic. Uh, maybe um, because, you know, I, I didn't particularly care for the way it ended. Um, uh, but then again, I was suspending disbelief because I thought, you know, it's a true story. You can't really fudge the ending kind of thing. So I think because of that, I, I, I'm i going to give it a nine as well. But when I when I first saw it, I had the buzz. I was like, oh, this is a nine and a half, nine point seven five almost. And Rick, actually, it's a very interesting little subset that we're going to get into, too, is the fact that season two has nothing to do with season one. And I am so not a fan of that um, for obviously you can't do a season two because a lot of the main characters, um, you know, s- stuff happened to them. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, same thing. I think of shows like Narcos. Um, also, I believe I mentioned it on the podcast um, prior, there was a show called Medici, like, you know, masters uh-huh. of Venice or something. And like uh-huh. when season two is just a complete new cast of characters, just call it something else. Just make a new show. You know, so like um, I think that more specifically, I'm thinking about Narcos um, because like, you know, Narcos was the story of Pablo Escobar, which was really, really cool. And since it was so popular, um, they had to continue um, extending it. And they just got into these tertiary stories that I just didn't care about at all. Um, So I think the only good example of a show doing this is True Detective because they released it as a limited series anyway. They were saying this is a limited series, but since you know, it got such good feedback. They went with another, you know, cast. And obviously that one didn't do as well because I don't believe there was a third, right? For True Detective? Yeah, there was only two, right? Three, three. Uh, they just came out with, I don't want to say just came out, maybe six months ago. It was with Mahershala Ali. Really? Um, yeah, uh, I did not see season two because I heard it was crap. But season three was pretty good. Not as good as season one. Um, but yeah, it was Mahershala Ali, and I don't remember the name of the second guy, but uh, it 
I believe he got his own TV show on Fox because of season three of True Detective. He got like a, a sheriff show or some wow. uh, Texas cop show on like Fox or something. But um, at, in, but when it comes to like uh, new seasons being new stories, new characters, I, I we're a little different on this. I personally like that because um, I, I don't ever want like, stories to get like stale or you know things to ever get boring and i think when you have a new story like you don't have to like drag certain things on just to fill the time or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i think i think this is different too though just because the fxx shows are so good and they have just high quality actors and it's just they're just better shows oftentimes um so season two is 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 great um uh, I, I think you'll you'll enjoy that a lot too. Just taking a guess here, I think you'd probably give it an eight out of ten. I mm. think that's pro- I probably about an eight eight and a half for the second season myself. It's not a good one, but uh, it, it's it's definitely worth a watch. So, and and I think you'll enjoy it. Um, okay. Yeah, it's but, definitely uh, one that that I'll have to go back and um, check out because I, I I don't know. For me, it's just like when I get through like the ending of a season, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I want to see what happens next. And um, I know that we are wholly different when it comes to stuff like this, because I like a nice healthy show, especially so that if I love it, I could watch a hundred episodes. I mean, I have in my life sat through, like, I think the entire story of like Dragon Ball through all the way through all the shows is like 900 episodes. Like I watched all of Dragon Ball, all of Dragon Ball Z, wow. all of Dragon Ball Super. So like I've watched like all, like from, you know, from the backs to the fronts. So I kind of do like a nice healthy series, whereas I, I know that you like kind of the short, um, tight stories. And, you know, speaking yeah. of a kind of a nice and tight, short um, series, well, maybe not so much short, but it was limited and the um, showrunners were very reluctant to do any type of sequels or anything like that. And that is actually currently the number two show in America on Netflix. It might've been number one already because uh, I know that a, a whole new audience is being reached right now. And that is Nickelodeon's avatar, the last airbender um, that just got re-added to Netflix. It used to be on Netflix um, a long time ago. I, I know that it gets added and gets taken away intermittently. I, I have no idea why, but um, yeah, avatar, the last airbender it's on Netflix right now. If you've never seen it, I can't recommend it enough. I, I believe it's three seasons of 20 episodes. So 60 episodes, but they're like 22 minutes or so. They're very short, um, very profound. Uh, I believe that they're the type of shows where even like the middle of the season episodes, they you may look at them as fillers, but I see them more as character building. And I think the mm-hmm. cost of that at the end, like um, when the significant things happen, you have such a strong connection to all of these characters and you truly care what happens to all of them and if you notice from my patterns that's why i give shows bad ratings because i don't care about half of the stuff that's going on um so i would definitely recommend avatar the last airbender not to be outlandish rick but i think i i would give it a 10 out of 10 this show has taught me so much about life uh it's one of the best shows i've ever seen in general um avatar the last airbender i would definitely recommend it Wow. Wow. That is high praise. Now Mm -hmm. I've, um, I've always been curious about it because, um, I've heard just so many people talk so highly of it. Um, I, with the re-release on Netflix, uh, it's got a a little more buzz again. Um, people are talking about it. I've never heard anybody say they didn't like it that watched the show. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I've, that I've heard who's watched the show loves it. 
Um, and especially you now just dropping the 10 out of 10 on there. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, I think the recommendations we've given each other have, have all been uh, spot on, at least up to now. We've all uh, really liked what we've told each other to watch. Um, and 20 episodes of three seasons and stuff like that. That's, that's perfect too. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, enough to really uh, build characters in a story, but not like too long where it's a chore. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm definitely going to check out because I, I just mama, mama always says, don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do it. And just yeah. judging yeah. the book by its cover, I, it never really uh, captured my interest enough to press play. Um, but you, you've, you've pushed me over to the edge and in, 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 in giving it a shot and checking it out. So I'm excited because uh, by the next time we record, uh, I'll probably have a couple episodes under the belt and uh, I'll, let you guys know what I think. Nice. Now, now I will warn, um, if anyone disagrees with that, um, they could of course DM us at rated pod on Twitter. Um, it is definitely something that I will say it does start kind of slow. Um, but yeah, I want to say maybe, I, I think I was telling, um, John yesterday, I think I was saying like, uh, maybe like the first like 18 or so episodes could be a little bit slow. Um, but then the show really finds itself after season one. So season two through um, three are fantastic. And they also, the showrunners, um, after being asked for sequels, because um, they wanted to see all the characters, obviously they're all kids in the show. Um, they wanted to see the characters as grownups and like, you know, improving the world as, you know, grownups. They, the showrunners were very protective of never doing that. But what they did do is they did another show about a different avatar which is um, basically, Rick, just a really quick synopsis. Avatars get reincarnated, um, mm-hmm. and then the avatar could access its past lives um, in a special little state kind of thing that, that it learns, that that person learns how to access its past lives and past knowledge and power and stuff like that. So um, they created another show called The Legend of Korra, which actually got a little bit worse reviews, I think. I know, or, or it could be very critically acclaimed because I believe the show took on a little bit more like political things. Um, I believe that there were very strong allusions to Korra, who is the next avatar after Aang, um, being maybe um, bisexual um, at a point. Okay. So um, yeah, I do know that, that there may have been backlash. But um, I can see the critics uh, really liking that. I thought that one was very profound as well. I went into it just being like, give me adult and give me adult, you know, everyone. I want to watch it. And it was very subtle in the way that they introduced the old characters as well as the new characters. And um, that show was was very good as well. I'd probably give that one like an eight and a half. Wow. Well, uh, without going too far into it, Dean, if you saw it, I I know um, everyone loves the show The Last Airbender, but uh, a notoriously crappy uh, piece of work is the movie by M. Night Shyamalan, I think it was, is mm-hmm. The Last Airbender, or maybe it's a slightly different title. Um, the movie, did you see it? And, and if you could give me a couple thoughts on it, I'd love to know uh, what you thought. I did. I, I, I did watch the movie. Um, it was um, basically the whole movie was uh, centered around season one, which in my opinion is the weakest out of all of them, um, you know, it, it makes sense. It's the origin, you know, of where they find Aang and what happened to him. And then there's like a big battle at the end. Um, Rick, the movie was so bad that the the creators of the show actually pulled away the rights at the last minute. So they had to refilm and mispronounce everyone's name because they were like, I don't want these characters associated with our characters. So if you watch the movie, actually, Avatar Aang, very well documented. That's his name. That's how you say it. 
in the movie he was Ong. Um, and just every single character had just different pronunciations because the showrunners um, or the creators of Avatar, they hated the movie so much. They thought it was so bad that they, they tried to strip as many rights as possible. At the final moment, Nickelodeon was like, hey, we're still going to slap our brand on it. And it's going to go into theaters. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was shit. And the reason is because, wow. you know, it, I think that the, the movie suffered from, you know, in season one, there was maybe four or five episodes of, you know, backstory and what, where we are to catch us up. Then there was probably about another like six or seven of capers and, you know, different things that kind of got you acclimated to the characters. And like, you could start to see like their character and their development and things like that. And then the final, you know, five or six were like, you know, uh, an actual event that was happening. Um, so it, the, the middle episodes were important for establishing the characters and the movie just completely glossed over it. I think because of time, um, I don't know what it was, but it, it was hot shit. I, I want to say it was maybe, I'd give it a one and a half maybe. It was slightly better than Yikes. that Dragon Ball Z live action movie. That was terrible. Oof. Did yeah, you see that's, that? That's, uh, I, I did not, but I know that is famous for how awful it is. Um, I haven't seen it, but maybe if I can find it on demand or somewhere for free, I'll uh, give it the speed watch for that one just to check out some of the shitty scenes. and Maybe I'll get a laugh or two. Oh, yeah. That was... Uh... It's, it, it's pretty interesting to think about, like, um, which one was worse. The dra I believe that was called Dragon Ball Evolution, and it got a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 20% from the audience. And then the last Airbender movie. Oh, yes. In 2010, it got a 5% audience score. Oh, my God. Usually the audience is more forgiving and generous than uh, the critics. Yep. 5%. Oh, my God. Yeah. Got a yeah. 5%. Wow. Well, I, I think, though, if I, if I watch the show, which I, I'm definitely going to watch the show, I gonna, I'm going to have to just bite the bullet and uh, <laughs> check out the shit show of a movie. Um, but, Dean, I think we're probably going to start winding down on the show uh, for this recording. But mm – -hmm. um, you know, I know there's a couple things that we wanted to talk about, but in terms of like uh, shows or movies, uh, before we move on to that last part we wanted to get into, mm -hmm. um, are there any shows or movies that you wanted to touch upon before we uh, move on? Uh, two things. So um, the original scope of, of this podcast has been, you know, just anything that we press play on that we're, we're going to give you some kind of a good review. Um, I know that we we definitely covered The Witcher, which was a Netflix show um, that is tied to a game. Uh, I definitely wanted to mention a, a quick game that has been, you know, kind of connecting um, us, as in you and I and our friends. And that, of course, is Rocket League. It's basically soccer with cars. Um, it's a ton of fun. There's um, pro streaming services, of, or not streaming services, there's pro gaming of Rocket League which it looks like they're playing a completely different game than I am. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Just, um, you know, kind of, it, it feels good to be like almost like 14 again, like jumping on, playing video games, talking to my friends and stuff. Um, maybe that's just one positive that it, uh, I hate to say it like that, but one positive that, you know, this little shutdown has kind of provided us to, to reconnect with some friends that live in different countries now. So um, that's been really cool. Rocket League, I would definitely give uh, two thumbs up. Uh, for gamers of all ages and skill levels, you could be great, you could be bad. Um, I feel like the online play does a good job of kind of putting you with people that are similar skilled. 
And then um, the final show I wanted to bring up was I was telling you that I'm into the realms right now, watching shows mm-hmm. like Game Love of Thrones. the realms. It came up, um, this show on FXX, uh, The Bastard Executioner. Now, I don't know if you remember, all the way back, I had mentioned there was a show called Scrotal Recall that I ended yes. up watching, and they changed their name. I think The Bastard Executioner would actually benefit from changing the name, maybe, because whenever I okay. tell people I have to almost, like, look around and make sure there's no kids around or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. saying, like, bastard's a bad word, but it just is... Um, it's very unnecessary. It's not like the guy is like a well-known like bastard. Like I know, like um, it's a pretty grim title. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's actually pretty interesting. It's about a guy who was in the army. He was a knight um, in medieval Wales, and he was a knight, and he died. For, well, yeah, he kind of died, and then um, he basically like prayed to God to like if he gave him a new lease at life, he would never like take part in violence again. And um, this like angel thing came and like saved him. And like, so he was just kind of like living in a village. That village was ransacked by a baron. So then in order to, um, you know, kind of get his revenge, he, he went back on his vow of not being violent. And um, the show's just about him, like trying to get close to the baron and his men so that he could exact his revenge. It's, it's a pretty good show. And actually, Rick, um, very, very random. There's a lot of Ed Sheeran in it. He does the theme song, and <laughs> around episode four, he ends up being like a semi-regular character. So, um, nice. pretty interesting. I remember I was watching, and I was like, is that Ed Sheeran? And then, like, he started talking. I was like, yeah, it is. But, yeah, I would say it's a pretty good show. Um, I'd probably give it, like, a uh, – it depends on how much you like Realms. I'd probably give it, like, a, a seven because I, I really do okay. like, you know, night-type shows. Um, uh-huh. Six and a half if you're really not into it. If you missed it, it I wouldn't bat an eye. Um, it's – Probably it's definitely better than The Last Kingdom. It's probably not as good as uh, Nightfall, which is on History Channel. History um, Channel, I've heard very good things about that. Yeah, yeah. that show is very good. But um, yeah, I would I would give this one a seven. Cool, cool. I'll uh, I'll, I'll take note of that. But, <laughs> so Rick, um, I unpacked a lot. So um, you know, I, I know that you you might have some opinions on Rocket League as well. And um, any any last shows that you want to bring up, shows or movies. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll close I'll close the Rocket League and I'll and uh, I'll get in some quick hits of just things I've seen and uh, just uh, worth noting. I'm not going to get too deep into them, but uh, SNL. I know Dean, you and I went to the SNL exhibit in New York one time. Yes, I know you're not really an SNL fan. Um, I am. I I will also admit that um, the recent season of SNL. Um, are not as good as some of the older seasons of SNL, like in the mm-hmm. 2000s, 2010s kind of thing. Um, it, it can be kind of kind of crappy in some episodes, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a loyal watcher. I, I, I always hold that hope that maybe there's a good guest. Um, but uh, SNL, they, for the past couple weeks, they're doing SNL at home, where the cast members will film their own skits and I guess like email them to NBC or something and they'll air them. Um, I will say I, I love the idea. It's so cool that, you know, the people are going through a rough time, TV and movies are limited and they're still trying to put a smile on your face and make you laugh. And they're working hard to come up with these skits with limited uh, supplies and whatnot. With that said, it is awful. It is so <laughs> bad. 
It is. I, I, the, it's, it's, it's hard for me to even badmouth it because I, I admire mm. so much mm. what they're doing. Um, but I, I can't even watch it. Like I see it, I, it comes up uh, on the DVR. It'll say like SNL at home and I just delete it right away. I don't even give it a chance anymore because that's how bad it is. <laughs> um, another thing also on NBC, I watched the blacklist. Um, mm. and, uh, they just came out with, I want to say their season seven. It was, uh, season finale. Um, they had a halt production in the middle of shooting the season finale. So what they had to do was they had to splice in clips of live action uh, scenes along with um, animated versions of themselves. So they would like do the audit, like voiceover work and email it in. And then they would have like c- computer generated animated versions of themselves um, almost in like a, like a, a comic book noir type uh, wow. animation wow. to finish the episode. Um, I guess because maybe like the animators were doing their stuff, maybe on like personal equipment at home, the animation itself was like kind of low quality. Uh, I don't want to say it was rushed, but I guess when you don't have everything, you know, in your arsenal available to you, it's not as like, you know, movie quality. So it was kind of, kind of like, I want to say maybe like a, like a late nineties, 2000 video game or something. Oh no. <laughs> you know? so, so, was, so Rick, let me ask you, did it work? Like we're as of, as a fan of the show, as someone that has watched the show, did you, did you sit there and go, okay, yeah, you know, that's good. Or were you like, yeah. I wish they would have just not done it. No, it, it worked. It worked. Okay. Uh, I, I, and I think it worked probably only for like this episode. I mm. would not have wanted them to, if there were more episodes, I would not want them to continue doing it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it helped that half the episode was real people, live action. Um, I don't know how I would have felt if the entire episode was animated. Yeah. Um, but I was, but I, but I was impressed. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that, so that's blacklist. You, uh, you get a tip of the cap. That's really interesting. Um, you know, splicing, you know, um, animation with real life kind of things. And I think this will kind of lead into our, our natural ending uh, of the episode as well. Um, Rick, a very, very interesting movie trilogy. Actually, the first one was live action. The second one was a cartoon and the third one was live action. And that of course is the Chronicles of Riddick. Um, the first movie pitch black was honestly kind of crap. The second one was actually pretty good. I don't remember what it's called, but it, it's like a cool anime, like Vin Diesel, like action mm-hmm. cartoon. And then the last one, the Chronicles of Riddick, it, Yes. It's not good, but it holds a special pl- place in my heart, and I believe yours as well. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, Pitch Black is uh, – the first of the trilogy I ever saw was Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. And I loved it. Um, you know, I, I, it just like you and even my brother as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've actually texted uh, my oh, yeah. brother <laughs> about this way. Uh, but special place in my heart for the Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, we all follow the Necromonger way. You kill <laughs> Um, Amen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I went back after loving the Chronicles Riddick so much and watched Pitch Black, and Pitch Black is kind of crap. So it, if you want to just not watch Pitch Black and watch Chronicles of Riddick, go for it. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. Very interesting. Pitch Black had a seventy-seven percent from the audience, but a fifty-nine from the uh, critics. Ah, uh, uh, pass. <laughs> yeah, pretty. <laughs> 
Pitch Black you're talking about? Yeah, pretty interesting that people yeah. uh, were higher on Pitch Black. I certainly yeah, no, wouldn't. Thank have, you. I wouldn't have given it uh, that high of a praise. <laughs> but yeah, but Rick, no. while we're talking about animation, I know that we have really alluded uh, to the the third man of our our um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Uh, NWO. So yeah, the third man um, we're going to be introducing and someone that you guys know from from previous episodes. And you're also going to know him from uh, the other show that I'm on as well. And then of course, is our friend John who was on our cartoons episode. Um, Actually, Rick, to kind of go behind the fourth wall, we originally planned this to be a three person podcast. Um, You know, and of course, you utilizing John's talents. um, I know that you guys heard him on the Oscar episode really shining. He knows a ton about, you know, movie studios and, um, you know, campaigning for awards. And he also knows a lot about animation. Um, If you follow him personally on Instagram, he went through a whole series of all the Disney animated films that he hadn't seen and, you know, what he thought of them. And he gave tons of great information about, you know, um, directors and uh, the, the state of the company while these movies were being produced and and he just has a plethora of knowledge about um film and animation w- meanwhile rick and i i mean we do a good job we look up stuff but, um we're kind of uh more of the money makers in the sense of we're fun and funny or and entertaining obviously if you're listening the, um to this point in the show you think we're entertaining to some degree so um yeah adding john in will definitely hope <laughs> that yeah absolutely <laughs> either either that or we've just been talking to each other um just us but yeah um we hope that john will kind of add in that that final punch of you know expertise and knowledge that maybe the show has been lacking a little bit and also his um base of things that he likes and watches is a little bit different than rick and i i know that we've been accused in the past of you know being a little bit too agreeable and maybe even liking uh too much of the same things like for example we love the chronicles of riddick and also we we really do love sports and not to say that john doesn't love sports but he also um, is a huge Broadway aficionado and things like that. So I think that he's going to really um, expand our scope um, to kind of give a more level-headed approach to um, some of these things because we've been uh, accused of being a little bit too dude-heavy. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just something that's going to be a, a really cool addition to this pod. Yeah, I, I'm super excited. Um, I think you and I, Dean, are probably going to finish uh, the best show of the decade bracket uh, before we mm-hmm. integrate him into the show. So maybe another episode or two yeah. before John joins us. But uh, yeah, just to piggyback off what you said, um, John's, John's going to help uh, diversify what we watch a little bit. Uh, you said, yeah, he, he watched a little more animation, more family friendly type things. Um, uh, me and Dean give uh, pretty much like the, the every man guy sitting at a bar uh, approach of like breaking down shows and what we think. Uh, John will be a little more uh, analytical, I think we believe, uh, in, in maybe breaking down um, the movies and shows and what goes into them and behind the scenes things. Um, I think we're also going to tweak a little bit the format of the show. It's not going to completely change, but we're going to toy with it and see how it works. And hopefully uh, you like it and we're good at it so we can keep it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's something that Dean and I, I think, along with John, planned maybe two years ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it it 
took us a while to get off the ground. Um, we've had things like weddings and bachelor parties and buying homes and mm -hmm. a lot of big life events for each of us. Um, and now that a lot of the harder stuff is behind us and out of the way, I think we can uh, all get together uh, enough to where we can make this uh, a consistent thing. Absolutely. And that's exactly, um, you know, why we're kind of doing some of those things is because, you know, um, you know, Rick and I in our lives, we're, we're kind of running all around anyway and to carve out um, not only the time to record, but also the time to watch the shows that we um, want to kind of give you guys the insight on. Um, you know, like Rick was saying about Vikings, like, you know, that's what 30 40 hours like we have jobs we we have I, some i have another show like you know we we have a lot going on and that kind of thing so definitely adding john and we could have kind of more of a rotation and of course when you get all three of us it's like a nice a little family reunion and also um i would be remiss and did not mention some of our other guests will still be recurring i know that um we have a nice little a subset of rated listeners that are huge banter lad fans um matt has kind of also been an unofficial uh, third man, but um, he's kind of like our Dennis Rodman using that NWO um, comparison all the way through. So Matt will still be on on, on some episodes, but um, John will be a mainstay moving forward. And I'm excited to really get, get to it. And Rick, I'm excited to, to talking to you for the people um, a little bit more often, or, or rather not talking to you more often, because I feel like we talk a lot, but just recording it and then produce and then publishing it. <laughs> yeah yeah creating creating content is uh is always fun you know this is something we love and we hope that you enjoy as well um today was uh, a little bit of a mixed bag of just talking about what we've been watching and doing during quarantine some shows uh some movies and uh things of that nature so if you want to take our recommendations which i hope you do things like uh fargo extraction outer banks etc um we think you'll enjoy those um, so next time you hear us, it'll be our best show of the decade bracket. But until then, guys, hang with your bros, love your hoes. Don't forget, watch those shows.